runs through my veins Wake up in the morning, think of the game We don't do it, we don't do it for the fame We just do it, we just do it for the game When we play, yeah, you know we shut it down Hit the ice all day until the sun is down All the bunnies looking when we come around Yeah, yeah, you know that we run the town My life started on the R ice Long days and lots of long nights This is my sacrifice They don't know what it's a law like This is junior hockey law life Welcome to junior hockey life What's up beauties and bunnies? Welcome to episode two of Junior Hockey Life. This episode is sponsored by The Town Shop located at 56 Richmond Street in Amherstburg, Ontario. Visit www.townshop.ca for all your men and women clothing needs. Uh, my name is Silvana Valente and I'm here with my co-host Brendan Jones. Jonesy, what's going on brother? <laughs> Not much man. Excited to be back here for episode number two. You know, uh, Sunday is a big Super Bowl game. Kind of a disappointment, to be honest. Tampa kind of blew him out of the water, but uh, I'm glad that that Brady got his his what his seventh ring. Yeah, that, yeah, that's Brady the, definitely the most winningest quarterback ever. I think player ever in the NFL now, right? Yeah, I mean, absolute craziness to say the least. And then uh, the the parade, them absolutely wasted on the boat, like throwing the throwing the trophy across to a different boat, just like. An absolute animal, but it's good to see. I mean, Mahomes did all he could, but just uh, came up short. Yeah, I mean, when you got receivers that can't fucking catch a ball, I mean, <laughs> you're not going to have a good chance. But, yeah, Brady and the Bucks definitely put on a show. They put on a clinic. Uh, and it's good to see Brady win, um, and it's good to see me win in the, on Betway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I, I, uh, I, I thought about putting bets on, but I was just like, I n- never had any luck doing it so i was like you know what screw it i'll just enjoy the game not having to freak out to see how like my bets were doing so just enjoy the game and didn't have to worry about about that kind of stuff yeah well actually the only reason i put money down on the game is because uh my buddy robbie troop actually one of the jhl merch winners um he just had this feel and he's a huge brady gronk guy so he, he had this gut feeling he's like dude they're gonna win so i went with his gut and uh it ended up paying out. Fucking some good luck on on Robbie lately. He went in the the JHL merch giveaway and then, you know, winning his bet for the Super Bowl. So good to see that. But anyway, today uh, we're lucky to have on Michael Douglas. Um, Dougie, one of our good buddies. We uh, we actually work with him at ESPN Plus. We'll, we'll be sure to talk with him on that later on. But a little brief background on his junior hockey career he played in three different leagues for three different teams in the GOJHL with the Chad Maroons uh, brief stint for the Brooks Bandits and for the Pembroke Lumber Kings in the CCHL uh, a little brief background on his career 188 games played total for 25 goals 93 assists for 118 points so pretty good career considering being a defenseman. So uh, we'll be getting on with him in a little bit, but we're definitely excited to get him on. Yeah, I, I never actually got a chance to play on the same team as Dougie uh, or play against them. But um, back in midget, he was playing, uh, when I was playing midget major for uh, the Windsor AAA zone, he uh, 
he was playing his first year junior and he kind of came to a couple of the practices when they weren't really playing and uh, gave me a couple pointers that definitely helped me improve my game. So yeah, we're really lucky to have him on and we're excited to get this going. Yeah. I, uh, I played against him back in like probably Adam or Pee Wee, and he was just one of like those dynamic players back then, you know, in those kind of like age groups, if you have like that one good player that you can just like, he can just lead you to a win. Like you can just take over the game in that kind of, age group like the kids are so young you can just kind of skate through everybody if you're like that much better than everyone and he was like that kind of player and my coach always was telling like our players to shut him down like don't let him score so um always a uh always a dynamic player that he was without further ado we'll pass it on to michael douglas so here we have with us none other than the michael douglas dougie how are you man i am great how are you boys not too bad. We're uh, we're doing all right. We're happy to have you on the show. That's for sure. Happy to be here. <laughs> so yeah, a little bit. We we mentioned earlier that uh, we worked at ESPN Plus together, and we were saying how that experience was kind of cool. But you know, the fucking customer service, man. It's just it's one of those things that you get into, and it's just like, oh my god, like some of these people, you know. Yeah. No. It's it was definitely a an interesting experience. It was like I think everyone could probably agree it's pretty fun at first, and then. Uh, <clears throat> once you have to like actually start dealing with people who are a little bit less tolerable like uh i don't know if you mentioned it, like it's an american company so like the the southern people and the the old dudes who would just get mad at the dumbest shit but you know it, it gets tiring very quickly and uh that's that's kind of when it starts going downhill pretty fast <laughs> oh man it got so bad like i remember my last shift i uh I ended up like taking a nap in someone's car for like an hour and a half. And I was just like seeing how long I could go without someone noticing. And then I told someone to just say I was in the bathroom, like fighting for my life pretty much. And it just gets so tiring so quick. <laughs> so Dougie, how was your trip to uh, Dubai? Like, uh, I know the one morning I woke up and you had me on Snapchat. I look at your story. You're fucking across the world. I'm like, where the fuck is this guy? Yeah, no, it's, uh, it was definitely a once in a lifetime experience. I think, uh, like the only way I've been able to describe it to people is just like the whole like Emirate is just basically like someone built it on a computer and just kind of put like whatever they wanted, wherever they wanted. Like there's just so much to do and there's so much fucking money in that place. Like I think in six days I was like, I went to the desert and was like riding ATVs and like sandboarding and stuff. They have an Atlantis. They have the tallest building in the world. They have the only seven star hotel in the world. Um, I went skydiving. Like it's just, it's nuts. How was skydiving? Like that's one thing that I've always like a lot of my buddies, they want to do it. And like, <clears throat> I would probably do it because you know, my buddies jump off a bridge. So do I, but um, it's something that like, it just scares me. Like, you could, your life could be done if that parachute doesn't pull, you know? Yeah. I think there's a lot of like other intangibles, I think that go with it. Like I'm pretty sure the death rate was like less than 1% in skydiving. And like, ironically enough, someone died at the Dubai skydive like <laughs> six years ago or something. So of course I read that before I went, but, uh, there's uh like there's a camera person who comes down with you so you get like third party insurance too so like technically speaking i guess if your parachute broke um you'd have that person there as well but like 
uh, it was so cool. And like they, uh, the drop zones right above the palm in uh, the Jumeirah district, which is like that famous little like palm thing. I don't know how to explain it in Dubai. It's just yeah. like, it's, it's such a nice view the whole time. And like, it is expensive though. I like they, I think skydiving was more than my, uh, my round trip flight. Oh, damn. What was going through your head? Like what, like, I could only imagine like you're, you're literally falling to your death. You know, obviously you got that parachute, but like, you know, yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I, yeah, I completely agree. Like you don't even really have time to think about it, which is the funny thing. Like the whole time you're like, at least there, the way they do it is like, you get a video of you recorded pretty much from the time you start to the time you're actually like falling. And then, uh, yeah, like you're more worried about that than anything. And there's so many instructions that go into it and it happens so quick that like, I didn't even really have time to think like, Oh fuck. Like what if the parachute doesn't pull? I was more like worried about like tucking my legs properly and like looking at the camera when I was supposed to, so I could get a good Insta pick. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm assuming you got, right? I got 96 pictures from skydiving alone and two videos. <laughs> so funny. they, uh, yeah, they definitely do. Yeah, this little USB here, they put like 96 pictures in it. So you definitely get your money's worth. Yeah, it was, it was unbelievable and like surprisingly cheap. Like, like the round trip was like 760, I think, and then six nights in a hotel was like 48 bucks a night, so 360 total. Like, it was, I mean, obviously, there's other places you can stay in Dubai if you have the money, but like that, the seven star hotel I was talking about, like, I think the minimum room was like 1500 a night, and Ooh. every room, every room comes with a butler. Like, there's uh, there's a driving range up top, there's a helicopter pad, like, it's it was nuts. Did you actually get a chance to visit that hotel room or, or that hotel? Sorry. I went and I took a picture outside of it. Um, Close enough. I went, to, uh, <laughs> I went to the top of the Burj Khalifa, which was the tallest building in the world. I was part of one of my, uh, one of my day tours. So that was pretty cool. So what was your reasoning to going to Dubai? Like what, why, why, what, like mid pandemic, you're like, fuck it. I'm going to Dubai. Like, yeah, it's no, it's actually a pretty funny story. So first of all, I think there's like, definitely a lot of misconceptions about traveling especially right now and like a lot of people are kind of quick to jump on like the whole covid i don't want to say bandwagon but like getting mad at people for traveling but like bottom line is you have to take a negative test 72 hours before you get on a plane to go there you have to take a negative test 72 hours before you get back to be allowed on a plane again you have to take a negative test well not negative but like you have to test again when you get to the airport in canada and then you have to quarantine for 14 days. So like, so you're in quarantine right now. Yeah. I have five days left. Okay. okay. So like, I don't know. It's, it's like, I'm a little conflicted. Like I get how traveling can be problematic, but like the safety measures I have in place are definitely like, I wasn't going to get anyone sick regardless of what happened. I wouldn't have been allowed on the plane to come back if I had COVID, if I got it on the plane, like I'm quarantining for 14 days when I got back. But uh, yeah, so anyways, my original, the way the wheels kind of started turning was uh, I really wanted to go skydiving and I emailed Skydive Toronto and I was like, like, are you guys still open? They're like, no, we're closing until May. So I was like, fuck. 
I don't want to wait until May to go skydiving. <laughs> so then I started thinking like, where can I skydive right now? And I was like, well, I could probably go to Florida and like America and Florida is kind of the last place I wanted to be just because it's like actually a pretty crazy hotbed for COVID and whatever. So I was They're like, wide open there. Fucking, they don't care. Oh yeah, they, don't, they don't care. No masks, nothing. They do not care at all. So <laughs> then I'm like, well, fuck, if I'm going to do it, like, let's do it. So I realized how cheap the round trips were. And then I was like, well, maybe I could like go to Dubai and do something pretty cool out of this. So then I started thinking I was going to stay for a few months and work at a hotel just to kind of like be there and kind of do something for myself. Cause like, it's, I mean, I'm usually playing hockey right now. Like school's online. I work in the summer. So it was like in a pretty inopportune time. It seemed pretty opportune to, you know, go. So like if I worked at this hotel, I would have been able to get like a complimentary stay at a place like a two or three minute walk away and then 2000 Durham a month, which is like six or 700 Canadian, but like they're paying for my living. So I wouldn't really need much more. But anyways, the new travel restrictions got put in place and I kind of panicked and came back because I didn't want to have to like worry about that $2,000 hotel quarantine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just like, I want to do something on my own and just kind of went out on a limb and, and did it. So Dougie, uh, you know, I'm obviously with Leamington, you played in Chatham for two years. How is it playing in front of those crazy fans in Chatham? It was unique for sure. I, uh, I was thinking about this, uh, I was thinking about that a lot and like how to actually explain it. And uh, just, it's like a different breed of fan like so when I originally came back from the Null um I was like a huge fan favorite for the most part and like I was doing really well at the start and then I separated my shoulder and I was out for a bit and I came back and for some reason they just didn't really like me anymore <laughs> and like it just goes to show how quick they can like I want to say change but like how quickly they like forget or like the hockey knowledge there isn't great but they're like very passionate so like just little things I would do they would just freak out it's like I would like I would set up the puck behind the net for a power play breakout and they would just start like booing like <laughs> I, it's it was like they're like, like oh you're not no... moving it right now so you yeah. might as like what the hell like yeah there was like no win and then okay so I got a good story about so there were these two girls that most uh most junior guys around this area have definitely come in contact with i don't think i have to name names for this one yeah no no names on that please <laughs> yeah no. um <laughs> so anyways we had a game against LaSalle, and uh one of these one of these girls was uh <laughs> she had prom coming up so she had brought up <laughs> She had brought a box of donuts um, with like <laughs> with like prom written out on it to to give to this guy after the game. And uh, anyways, long story short, I uh, I ended up scoring a five on three goal, and the goalie for LaSalle shot the puck kind of out of the net, and like it was pretty close to the ref, and he ended up getting kicked out of the game. So once he got kicked out of the game, him and this girl had this like interaction in the stands and he like smacked this box of donuts out of her hands. And like kind of kind of ruined it. So they got into it and uh she ended up getting kicked out with her friend. And then uh 
after the game, they like confronted LaSalle's bus and they had an interaction with uh, LaSalle's coach at the time. I'm also not going to name, but like, I'm sure you guys know who that was. And he ended up like, apparently one of them like swung at him or something. And uh, yeah, so time went on and they were eventually banned from the arena, but there's like a little twist. So that night, me and a few guys went out uh, to a house party in Chatham. And I'm like, I'm at this party and I see this box of donuts on the, uh, on the table. And I'm like, can I grab a donut? And they're like, no way. That's the same fucking. Yeah. And they're like, no, no, you don't want to know where those things have been. <laughs> but I'm like, wait a second. So I look at it and these fucking donuts say prom on it with a question mark. I'm like, can I please take this home? So anyways, I ended up with these prom, like, proposal donuts, and I just, like, left them in my room for as long as I could without, you know, getting rotten and shit, so, yeah, that was, that was definitely a, that was kind of the, the pinnacle of Chatham fans. So they're not allowed back in the arena ever? No, they, like, came to practices and stuff, and they ended up getting banned. Sucks that you gotta put those like big fans away, but fuck, sometimes it's worth it. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, definitely a, a bit of a distraction. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, what was one of the most embarrassing moments in your junior hockey career? Oh, that's another great one. I was excited <laughs> for this one too. So, uh, yeah, when I was in Pembroke, I had my little rendition of the the Jordan flu game, except I had mono and I didn't know. So. I was like convinced I had strep throat and like I was pretty prone to strep. So I was just like trying to play through it. But anyways, I had a game in Kempville and uh, it had gotten like progressively worse, which makes sense. Cause like it was mono um, and we were playing with five D and then uh, I think we went up like three cob within like the first four minutes of the game and our captain ended up fighting some kid. <clears throat> so we went down to 4D. And then we went up like 4 nothing. I don't know if it was 4 nothing or something. But we were killing them. And then like the mono just like hit. I don't know what it was or what happened. But like I was seeing like 4 or 5 of everyone on the ice. And like I couldn't make a pass. I couldn't receive a pass. And we kept getting power plays. And my coach just kept sending me out. And like it got so bad that I like, I couldn't even see anything. So we were on a five on three and uh, my buddy, Matt Barnaby was like, I just missed him on like probably four or five breakout passes in a row. And while we were on the ice, he just started screaming at me. And it was just the most like degraded (laughs) I've ever felt. And like, if you know anything about Barnaby, like, you know, his dad and like the family has a little bit of a history with, you know, being able to run their mouths. So the things that he was saying to me are definitely like not to be repeated and probably things that he regrets, but like, I it's was the passion, right? It, the passion gets a hold of you sometimes. Yeah. Like I was probably like, I would say I was like minus five, minus six in that game. And I think we ended up losing, um, by like a goal or something. And I was on the ice with like a minute left and empty net. And I like missed the puck trying to make a fucking pass or like just dump it in Anyways, immediately after the game, I, like, got on the bus, and I knew there was something, like, extremely wrong. So <laughs> we got back to Pembroke, and then my billet mom took me to the hospital. I'm like, all right, they're going to tell me I have strep and then whatever. So they do some blood work and stuff. And um, 
they're like, yeah, soon to be the bearer of bad news. Like, you have mono. <laughs> what the fuck do you mean I have mono? She's like, yeah, like, make sure you go home, like, rest for probably, like, a month or two. No physical contact. Because, like, a whole month? if you get... Dude, you're not... Yeah, you, so mono, like, your spleen enlarges. So I you're not supposed to have like any sort of physical contact. Cause if you get hit and like your spleen ruptures, you can die. So I was like playing hockey with like a very enlarged spleen. And like, if I was hit the wrong way or if something happened, my spleen could have easily ruptured. Jesus. Yeah. So like I went home and like, I flew home right away. I was out for like probably two months. I lost, uh, I lost 27 pounds. Um, it was nuts. Like every time I stood up, I threw up. Like it was the worst two months of my life. Fuck. And I was dash six. So. <laughs> yeah. Who's the funniest guy that you've played against or, or played with? Sorry. Played with is probably, I'd definitely say Barnaby. Um, like you got, obviously Gers is pretty funny. Like you guys know Gers. Um, but like just Barnaby, like some of the stuff he says, you can definitely tell. Like he's he's got a dad who made a a fourteen year career out of out of uh, you know kind of running his mouth and doing his thing in the NHL. But like some of the stuff Barnaby said to guys when we were playing against is just like guys on the other team would be laughing. I remember you one time. Give we... us yeah, you got to give us an example here. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, we were playing Rockland. Um, and uh, one of my good buddies, Connor Matten, was playing on Rockland too at the time. And I think Dallas was actually there too with okay. Mats on Rockland. So the kid was like yapping Barnaby for some reason. And like Barnaby was just eating it because like the kid was pretty irrelevant. But then it got to a point where the kid just wouldn't stop. And I think Barnaby already had like two and one that night. And we were all just pretty confused as to why the kid was like even saying anything. And Barnaby just looks at this kid and he goes, I more D1 offers in your jersey number, and everyone starts looking around. The fucking kid's like number 55 or something. <laughs> <laughs> Rockland's entire bench just kind of like looks away and starts laughing. And like Matt's messaged me after the game, and it's like our whole bench was fucking dying. That was hilarious. Oh it's man, like, you, so you know it's a good like, you know it's a good chirp when like your whole team is laughing at you. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then, like, yeah, Barnes had a few other good ones that I can't even mention, but, like, it, it was a treat. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so who would you say the three most influential people were in your junior hockey life, whether it was, like, you know, a coach or a player? Like, who who, influ- who influenced you the most? Um, I'd say probably two coaches and then my billet family, actually, I'd, I'd say was definitely probably number one. So the coaches were uh Tyler Rosler who was my first coach in Chatham um just like he was the first junior coach who gave me a chance like I went in Chatham when I was 17 years old and he like believed in me right away like created a bunch of opportunities for guys like me Teddy McGee Ross Krieger um and just like the stuff he did like actually getting scouts in the stands and educating us on college routes and you know other opportunities and I guess like even give a shout out to Mac too I, I don't Mac Rick was, he coached you in AAA. It wasn't junior, but like, yeah, was really hard on like getting guys to figure out who they are and like what they need to do to kind of become better players and become better people even. So like Mac was huge for, for me in regard to like 
pre-game preparation and actually like realizing how important little things are. Um, so I guess those two kind of went hand in hand. And then uh, my coach in Brooks, um, his name is Ryan Papuano. He's like one of the winningest junior A coaches right now. But like just the way he runs things there and like the way he treats players and like pushes players to the next level. My time in Brooks wasn't long, but like I learned so much from that guy just based on like not it's hard to explain. Like he's a really weird guy, but he <laughs> he knows what he's doing and like he's very like detail oriented and he's very, very smart about the game and like you can tell why Brooks gets, you know, sixteen commits a year. It's cause they trust Pap and they trust what he does and that's why they're winning the AJ every year and going to the RBC. And then my Billet family, obviously, like if you know me, you know how close I am with them. Just like they would always go the extra mile for me and whether it was like taking me in and making me feel at home or like they were just they were incredible. I never had to worry about anything when I was with them and I, like, to this day they're still like a second family to me. Yeah, I know. I always see the Snapchat stories and everything with you, like in the kids and, and it's kinda cute, honestly. Like you know, yeah. you guys, you guys get along real well. And you know what, like, that's something that you really need. Like you need that support system. Obviously you have your family, but um, you know, when you're away from home, you need that almost second family, which you obviously you found that in your billet family. And that's something that a lot of players don't get to experience, but you know, luckily that was brought upon you. And that definitely that's one of the, you know, best things that could have happened. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. Like I know, like I got so lucky because there's so many guys who just like can't stand their billet families and it makes the whole experience so much worse. Like when you're eight hours from home or like I spent time in Alberta, Texas, like if you're like 18 hours from home and you have to every day come back from the rink and go home to like a shit billet family that you're not going to get along with. Like, obviously it's great that they're doing that for the team and whatever. I'm not going to like bash billet families, but like you can't. Yeah you can get some pretty bad families and like if you have to live with them it sucks yeah luckily like I got to look forward to coming home every day like I knew food was going to be good I knew I'd be able to hang out with the kids and like as an only child that was pretty cool too because you know like little little brother and sister that I never had but yeah no it's it's definitely it's definitely a two-way street in junior hockey with billets and I was I was definitely really lucky so speaking of Pembroke Dougie there's a video on your social media of you flying to the neutral zone and you got a stick in the face and you like drop like a sack of potatoes. Like tell like like walk us through that play. Yeah, so that's actually that was definitely the peak of my, my junior hockey career and it, you know, kind of sprung my TikTok career as well. Um, <laughs> no, that I've I've watched that video probably like no less than a thousand times and like I still have no clue what that guy was doing like what good could have come from that um <laughs> like he he's a good guy his name's ashton fry he plays d1 at st lawrence right now and like i've talked to him about it before or not before but like i've talked to him about it after and he like apologized and whatever but like i still watch that fucking video and i'm like what why <laughs> like just none of it makes sense and like oh so it happened on my birthday um <laughs> um yeah it was my my 20th um I had a great day like I was feeling really good I shaved like a like a 
sheriff type goatee and like I was walking around all day calling myself the sheriff and like <laughs> felt un- felt untouchable and, and sheriff sure Dougie. Enough, like five minutes into this game on my birthday I get a fucking errant high stick right in the face so anyways didn't score on the power play four minutes we ended up winning like eight two got a shorthanded assist um and that fucking kid ended up getting like third star of the game somehow but uh anyways our uh our trainer actually wasn't at the game so i had i'm like gushing from my face and like i went to the locker room and our trainer's not there so me and our video guy are like trying to figure out what to do with my face so i like stuffed like half a tube of polysporin and like a cotton swab on it and put some like white tape over my face and like just got back out and uh and I'm like leaking all over my jersey and so anyways one eight to completely relevant game but like I said it was my birthday so after the game I couldn't do anything because I had to go get stitches and like the hospital in Pembroke was busy so I ended up driving like 45 minutes out of my way to some hospital in like clear water blue water deep water something deep river something like something that. water yeah something water <laughs> something deep and something water and like, <laughs> by myself by myself on my 20th only for there to be no doctor there so the doctor was on call they had to like get him out of his house to come zip me up so he ends up getting there like 40 minutes later they had to do like two or three rows of stitches and you can still oh, yeah. get a nice little scarf you, yeah just don't yeah. grow hair there anymore but like I don't think I got home till like two in the morning, face hurt. I had to shave off my fucking sheriff goatee <laughs> that I was so excited about. And uh, yeah, that was that was my start to to my twenty bomb. That's, <laughs> that's brutal, man. My that's my twentieth birthday, I was wasted, so I couldn't say the same. But um... yeah, I was by myself in Deep River. <laughs> As if none of the fucking doctors are ready to. It's like they had to call someone to come. Like, yeah. And they're like, come like, on. I went, I went specifically because I knew it wasn't going to be busy. And like, it was just, there's no one there to zip me up. So I had to call fucking always on call. Yeah, just hilarious. Um, so what was the worst fine that you ever gave to a rookie? Like, okay. Like so the- th- this was, this was another one that I put like a lot of thought into, like, fines and all that fun stuff and like I really wanted to come with something exciting but like I'm a really laid-back guy and I, I hate confrontation so I never really like tried to just like absolutely body guys with fines but one time I did give uh you know I'm not gonna name names I'm gonna name the team but, like I find this kid 20 bucks for dating a goofy like a one of a super fan and like like, that never goes well that never goes no and like it went through and like it was embarrassing because like he's dating this girl and i felt bad but like it was like a girl who was very well known amongst the guys and amongst the town i would assume and just like it just was not a a good scene to you know have to find someone for having a girlfriend who he he liked and then another so so wait, yeah, sorry, right. sorry to cut you off. By well known, would you say that like, you know, well known amongst the hockey players, as in like she's been around, or like well known as like she just kind of has that name? I would say a little bit of both for sure. <laughs> uh, I think they definitely go hand in hand, um, for the most part. But yeah, definitely more one than the other, unfortunately. But. Uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, like I said, we're not going to name names or name the team. Right, yeah, of course. I'm sure we'll never have to discuss that again. But the, <laughs> I, there, was a few other, there was a few other good ones. Like when I was in, uh, when I was in Chatham, I get, so this wasn't that on rook violence, but uh, actually vice versa. So Gers was a rookie and uh, <laughs> he fined a vet. I think he gave him like five dollar fine because he was like kind of beefing with the guy at the time, and uh, yeah, he just like he gets the jar and he goes, "Yeah, five bucks, so and so, just for being yourself." And like, <laughs> it went through, and uh, like it was just like that doesn't happen, and Gers like somehow managed to pull it off. And <laughs> everyone was just like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> and yeah, just goes through the guys to pay five bucks as a vet for being himself and Gers just gets to sit there as the little rookie <laughs> somehow did that fuck yeah. i remember Gers's first goal was fucking against leamington in overtime in chatham it was like the- yeah the night after uh the night after life in color he was I mean, he got crippled the night before and he ended <laughs> up coming back after like staying in a hotel or something the night before, goes out and gets the OT winner yeah. as his first. <laughs> uh, how has hockey, or sorry, how has junior hockey prepared you for for university hockey? That's a good question. I think there's a lot of a lot of things that that definitely help along the way. Like I was definitely a bit of a a bit of a journeyman throughout my junior career. So like leaving home at not like that early of an age, but like I was 18 when I moved to Texas, and like being on your own, having to do things on your own, cook on your own kind of like fend for yourself, not have your parents at your disposal, or like even in the same country. Um, right away, that was like definitely a learning curve. And then from there, I was in Alberta, which again is like 18 hours away and same country, but it's not like they could come see me or, or come do things for me. And then even Ottawa, I was eight hours away. And it just like, it kind of teaches you like, you're not going to have things handed to you anymore. And like, if you want to do something, it's, it's finally up to you, whether it's like going somewhere, even like working out on your own, getting to places, eating, taking care of yourself, and then being away in, you know, Toronto for school, all those things just kind of like, it was second nature at that point, because I've been doing it for so long. And I think anyone who goes away for junior hockey could agree with that. It's just like, it's a little bit of an earlier start especially if you're going to school away from home too. Like if I was back in Windsor and I had my parents to cook and stuff for me, that'd be great. But again, I'm, I'm in Toronto and I don't know, it's just like, it's kind of second nature now. You, you just learn to do everything yourself and the freedom's nice too. I think that's, that's definitely a big part of it. Yeah. It's definitely a maturity thing too. Like it kind of helps you grow into a, you know, going from boy to man. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. Like you, you, you don't really have that, you know, like obviously you have your billets or whatever, or if you're staying on campus, whatever it is, but mm. um, you don't really have that crutch to lean on, which which kind of makes you more of an independent person. And, you know, I'm sure that probably helped build the kind of person that you are today. Yeah, like it, it's, I don't know, like I was definitely, definitely pampered by my billets in Ottawa. Um like I can't really say much like I wasn't like obviously I'm independent I'm eight hours away from my parents but like they did everything for me but still like getting to the rank doing stuff like it's not like I'm as comfortable asking them to do things as I would be with my parents 
but like being away in Alberta, Texas, it wasn't as close with my billets and, you know, not having billets at school is, is definitely an adjustment too. But then again, like it's not that much different and like the extra freedom you have at school, living in a house with all your boys on the team is uh, like kind of sick. <laughs> I, I live with seven of my best friends. And, like, yeah. I wouldn't need anything from my billets or from my parents at this point like I live with seven other guys who are also doing the same thing as me so like it's it's definitely not to be like blown out of proportion it wasn't like a crazy hard transition especially being out of town and kind of doing stuff like that for a while now but you know everyone's in it together and we're all kind of like you know obviously going for the same thing win hockey games and get an education and uh you know obviously nothing but best for the futures for you and uh yeah thank you very much man Thanks, boys. I appreciate it. Good luck with everything. Excited to you know follow along the podcast journey. Fucking right. <laughs> All right. Well, take care, man. Thank you very much again. Yeah, my pleasure. Said it runs through my veins. Wake up in the morning, think of the game. We don't do it, we don't do it for the fame We just do it, we just do it for the game When we play, yeah, you know we shut it down Hit the ice all day until the sun is down All the bunnies looking when we come around Yeah, yeah, you know that we run the town My life started on the R ice Long days and lots of long nights This is my sacrifice They don't know what it's a lot like This is Junior Hockey Life Welcome to Junior Hockey Life